Greetings everyone and welcome to the GameSpeak. The GameSpeak is your gaming podcast where I break down the biggest and latest news in the video game industry. Sometimes I will have a guest on the show, usually one of my friends, that will help me talk about the latest big topics in the game industry. My name is Hui and I'm the host of the show and uh, thank you so much for your continued support. So yeah, first of all, a big shout out to all my listeners that's been listening to the show for a while. I appreciate it a lot. And if you are new here, I really hope that you will enjoy what you're going to hear. So the GameSpeak is usually like a, I will describe it as, as like a, an informative and also hopefully entertaining podcast where a big nerd like myself just trying to give you all like my hot takes on the game industry because I've been following the industry for a while, I think since I was like in primary school. So that's like 2000 and six seven uh, it's like in the later years in the of my primary school days and i've just been fascinating about listening to other outlets out there about them like hearing them talk about gaming topics so that's why i decided to to make my own podcast which is now the game speak i don't know why i just gave you all like a very short origin story of the podcast but uh, there you go Anyways, you can always find the podcast on Spotify, L Podcast, and Castbox, and you're always welcome to leave any questions or feedback for the show. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot. And yeah, if you haven't already, consider subscribing to the show so you never miss a new episode. And also, why not leave a nice review for the show? And yeah, tell your friends and family and colleagues about this game podcast if you think they they are like big nerds like myself. And yourself, hopefully. And that's why you're listening to the podcast. But yeah, I really hope that that all of you are finding this podcast well. And that you've been playing a lot of video games. Because I definitely have uh, this past seven days for sure. And that's what I'm going to talk about. So yeah, for once and like just the final time, welcome to episode, let's see, 96 of the game speak. We are very much fast approaching the 100th mark of the podcast, which is going to be a big deal. I haven't really decided what I'm going to do, if I'm going to do anything special. We'll have to see. Anyways, on this episode of the GameSpeak, I will be talking about of a lot of very big news articles that kind of came out within the, the last 7 to 10 days, which is going to be very interesting because when I started prepping the document for this episode, I didn't really expect that we will have a lot of big news items for some reason. But like just days before I was uh, recording the episode, a lot of big things happened. So I'm just going to talk all about it. It's mostly from the Xbox, but also a little bit from PlayStation side. So it's going to be very interesting. And I'm also going to give like another follow-up on the last episode's news about Jim Ryan, so uh, the CEO of PlayStation, Jim Ryan, and his retirement announcement just like a follow-up because there's been a a new article from bloomberg which i think is very interesting and i'm just gonna give you guys and girls my hot takes on that as well all right let's just get on with the show and as always i will now talk about the games that i've been playing since the last time and the first game that i'm just gonna mention once again is uh, kina bridge of spirits this is like the game that was announced for the ps5 reveal it's a pixel looking game that's Gameplay wise, it's very much inspired by third person games such, just as, uh, such as God of War and that have like focus on exploration and puzzle solving, just like games 
in the Zelda franchise. The game is really fun, it's very short. I haven't completed it yet, and that's because the next game that I'm gonna talk about. But Canada Bridge of Spirits, I'm definitely gonna platinum it. it and um, I think because I've actually just, yeah, I've, so I've actually already completed Assassin's Creed Mirage. And I think I will just play, just try to complete uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits. One of the trophies is that you have to complete the game in the hardest difficulty. And I think I can do everything else and then just leave the Platinum Trophy until after Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man 2. And that's actually pretty, pretty good reasons, reason why I'm, I'm doing this. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm just gonna tell you. So I've, I've bought Assassin's Creed Mirage and if you've been listening to the show from the very beginning, I think that you kind of already know that I'm a kind of a big fan of Assassin's Creed. I don't, like, I, I like all of them. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of the, like, the new direction the franchise have been taking, like going over, steering over to this more of a action RPG. I don't really like that. I think that Hella really tried a lot to make it a, a bit more Assassin's Creed, but like the climbing, the parkour are still really, really much just missing, and, and you're just like holding a button down, and everything is climbable. I, I really hate that. Anyways, Assassin's Creed Mirage is kind of going back to the franchise origin and and what the franchise was at that time. So more focus on stealth, thank God. And also parkour, and yeah, it's a, it's a short, it's definitely a shorter experience compared to Valhalla or Odyssey or Origin, and which also means the game is cheaper to buy, which is always nice. And as I, what I've what I can kind of understand, Assassin's Creed Mirage was planned to be like a DLC for Valhalla, but I guess the project grew way too big, and now it's like a standalone game. And yeah, the game Mirage takes place in Baghdad, in Iraq, and you are kind of playing through Basim's origin story. And Basim is like a a character that we meet in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm not, and I'm not gonna spoil anything else. So overall, I think the main story is just okay. It's nothing special. It's just there to kind of push you through the different assassinations and um, I think that's like one or two standout main missions to be honest and that's it what I do like about the game a lot is that of course the setting is always like a main character in any Assassin's Creed game and I like the city the old city of uh, Baghdad in, uh, in, in, in Iraq and one of the cool things I always liked about and appreciate about Assassin's Creed games is that you're always able to learn actual historical facts about the uh, current, the um, the time period that you're playing through. So one of the collectibles this time around is just like some historical codex, and they're all like very fun to to read through on it actually, and it's always fun to actually learn something while you're playing a game where you are assassin and you have to kill people so the setting is is really good the the, the city of Baghdad is very nice it's it's very dense and um, I like it I, I don't think it's um, it, it, it doesn't seem too like copy paste if you ask me so the climbing the parkour of uh, Mirage I think is definitely way better than 
that way, but definitely better than Valhalla. So they've actually uh, so so now you, you can't just climb anything. Some buildings you actually have to figure out uh, an an actual way to to climb to, to climb in or like how to break into high security buildings, which I think is very fun and actually are. Uh, a kind of a important part of the city is actually just closed off like you have you can only enter at very specific points which is kind of annoying especially even if after you complete the game the, that place is still kind of closed off which i think is a bit annoying but yeah the uh, parkour is very nice it's um definitely more towards the uh, the first couple of games from the franchise but it's not as good as it used to be so i'm, I'm still in uh, I, I'm still missing even more options in the way that you can traverse and do parkour in in the games. But it's definitely in the right direction for sure. So it's it's definitely not as good as like Assassin's Creed 2 or or Unity when it comes to the parkour part. And so the combat like when you when you kind of try out the combat for the first time it's very clear that it's it's, it's kind of it's definitely built on the same engine as Valhalla and all the uh, more recent Assassin's Creed games. So the combat definitely still feels a bit floaty. Um, so it's a mix of the new games and also a bit of the old. So the um, the feedback of all the strikes that you make are, are very floaty, as I just mentioned, and you don't really feel them. But you are able to parry your enemies' attacks and roll over some dodgeable attacks which are a bit more inspired like uh, from the games of Unity or the first couple of Assassin's Creed games, which I think is fun. But yeah, and, and also I'm, I was surprised at the beginning that the combat is pretty difficult actually. So it, when, if, when it's just you and, and two guards, it's fine. But, if it, but when you're up against like five plus guards, it, it, things get a bit more complicated and exciting. But yeah, so it's like a okay combat system, but it's definitely not a perfect one. And I think the marketing for the game has always been around that the game is actually more focused on stealth. And I think the stealth part is done pretty well, to be honest. Like, um, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's been really fun to sneak around and try to complete missions without being detected. So I think and that part is very nice, and and you can assassinate all characters except one special one that's tied to the game's uh, wanted system but everybody else is like one hit assassination if you're able to sneak up behind them which is the way all assassin's creed games are supposed to be played if you ask me so yeah the game is also bringing back the wanted system that we know from assassin's creed 2 so there's like three levels of the wanted system and um the way that you get increases the one level is just by of course killing guards and and the citizen are witnessing you right that will that will increase the one level and that makes everything more complicated guards will be more likely to to spot you in the crowd and even citizen will will call you out if they recognize you and the way you can then decrease the one level is to either tear down posters around you around the city or bribe like um, people like public speakers around the city or like when you reach the max level which is like level five and one to level uh, a special uh, the guard will send and hunt you and this 
card is very like it, the most difficult god type to to fight against. But if you manage to kill him, you get a trophy the first time you do it. But also the your entire one to level just disappears. So it's like a high, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a high high risk risk war. Uh, isn't that what it's called? Risk. I don't know. I, I just totally forgot the concept. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I think Assassin's Creed is a it's a good time. I I've seen that the, the game has been receiving like a bit of mixed reviews from different outlets. I think it's. I would definitely recommend it if you like Assassin's Creed games and you're a big fan. You probably already bought the game, but for people who who might have been missed out on some of the latest one, I think this is a. Uh, a good entry to to revisit the franchise if it's been a while since you last kind of played one of the one of the games and yeah as i mentioned at the beginning it's uh it, it's a short experience like it, it took me like it took me around like 20 hours to to get all trophies and complete the game so it's very short compared to other assassin's creed games and the price is also lower so i think that's also a very attractive traits about the game so yeah that was just kind of my overall impressions of yeah assassin's creed mirage and just like mild spoilers if just for people out there that might be hardcore assassin's creed fans so does this like game kind of entry move the overall assassin's creed story forward not really it's kind of like uh ori origin story for basim uh, a character that we meet in assassin's creed Valhalla. And I'm not gonna say more than that. And to be honest, like if you haven't played the other games and you play through this game, like I would, I wouldn't be surprised if you were left confused. Like I was even kind of left confused. I had to, after completing the main quest, I had to look up like YouTube videos just to get a quick recap of what is going on in the universe of Assassin's Creed. So yeah, that was kind of my hot takes and overall uh, impressions of um, Assassin's Creed Branch. Now let's get on to with the uh, different news. So this one comes from the official PlayStation blog, and uh, it's about uh, the upcoming Marvel Spider-Man 2. And it's very short. It's just like the headline reads that uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2 builds on accessibility in previous titles and introduces new features. So a thing that's been kind of very nice to see is that a lot of the um, more recent PlayStation first-party games have been has like they they all have like a bit a big focus on accessibility which is very nice and this article is just about how Insomniac games have been improving on their previous titles and it's like a blog post it's like an interview of two senior UX designers designers from Insomniac games and some of the highlights uh, features that I just found was like uh, the game will have difficult modifiers, so you are now able to um, adjust the enemy's health, damage, uh, how much damage they can give, which I guess is really cool. You're also able to adjust the game speed, so you can actually make the game speed lower. So for people who need those extra seconds to, to make a decision and to understand the context of the game, this ability, this feature is also now uh, will be available in the next Spider-Man game, which I think is nice. And another thing is that you can also adjust like uh, audio frequency modifier. So if you have very sensitive hearing, you can now tone out like high frequency sounds or even low bass sounds, which I think is uh, very nice. And of course, the games come with a lot of all the other 
accessibility features that we are now kind of used to, like uh, screen uh, narrate narration for the entire game and and visual um, descriptions of, of things. So just I just want to talk about this because I'm so excited for Marvel Spider-Man Two, and it's just nice to see that Insomniac Games really care about accessibility in their games. And as of recording this episode, it's like the 15th of October, so tomorrow will be the 16th of, of, of October, and the embargo for Marvel Spider-Man 2 will be 4pm Central European Time, which is very exciting. Like, I can't wait for, for IGN to give the game a 7, because, I don't know, for some weird, weird, weird uh, reason. But I'm just excited to, to see what the different outlets uh, think about the new Spider-Man game. Like, of course I'm gonna buy it uh, no matter what. But it's always like uh, exciting to see what 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 professional like outlets are going to say about the game. Alright, moving on to the next news article. This is uh, this was reported from IGN by Taylor Le- uh, Lyons. And the headline reads that uh, Fortnite make Epic Games laying off 830 employees. So, yeah. Epic Games, the uh, maker of Fortnite, will be uh, laying off like around yeah, 800 of their employees, which amounts to 60% of their total workforce. The CEO of Epic Games, Tim, uh, Tim Sweetney, has released a memo kind of addressing the layoffs. And it's like a very long memo, I've read through it, but I won't uh, read it here. But I think the overall takeaway is that it seems like, according to Team Sweeney, that the Epic Games have been spending too much, like more money that they're actually earning. And it seems like most of, like the majority of the earnings actually comes from creator content. And that kind of hurts their other parts of their, like, um, I guess, uh, income. And that's why they had to like, that's why they've reached this kind of um, unfortunate decision to lay off that many people, and they will. All, they also like they will also be de-investing their two companies like Bandcamp and Super Awesome, two companies that they've acquired in 2022 and 2020 respectively. So they will just be. I, I guess they they're selling off those two companies. But yeah, it's interesting to see that uh, Fortnite, the, the one of the biggest games of all time uh, are now like in a position where they're actually not earning as much as they used to do and that's why they now have to make this unfortunate decision and of course uh, uh, all my uh, prayers but uh, all my thoughts goes out to all the employees that's been laid off and I hope they will all be able to find a new job in the video game industry like industry that I'm still like dreaming the, of like working in, and but it's so hard. So um, I always like always have like so much respect for people who actually made it and are actually working in the game industry, which is always which is always really nice. All right, moving on to the next news article. This one's from Bloomberg, and this is the one that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. It's like a kind of like a it's related to. Last episode's news article about Tim Ryan, the CEO of PlayStation, now kind of retiring by by the beginning of next year. So the Bloomberg article is from uh, Jason Schreier, 
I guess like a very famous game journalist that is that that are very um, he's very known for always breaking the like some very big uh, stories in the game industry and the headline of his the, this article of his uh, reads that uh, why PlayStation fan are cheering the CEO's departure and this is something that I think I, I spoke a little bit about in the last episode of the GameSpeak. I'm just going to take a sip of my coffee. I'm not going to edit this out. Uh, yeah, so um, I talked about uh, this news in the last episode. And it's just funny, like... Honestly, I kind of had the sense that a lot of PlayStation fans would be kind of happy to hear that Jim Ryan is stepping down. And it's just interesting to read an article from um, Jason Schreier where he actually been able to experience and just like the, the feedback because he was actually the one that broke the news before the official statement from PlayStation that Jim Ryan would retire. Let's see, yeah. So according to the article, a lot of PlayStation fans are cheering uh, off this new, like off this new, uh, announcement. And yeah, it's, it's just that I think I think maybe I've always spoke a lot of like enough about it, but just to recap really quickly, like when Jim Ryan kind of became the CEO in two thousand, I think nineteen. Yes, it was just a weird. It, it was kind of a weird transition because the uh, the guy before Sean Layden, right? Uh, hopefully, I just have to look it up. Yeah, Sean Layden was like the CEO before. He he still had like a kind of a, like a persona, a brand. He was kind of at conferences and E three and all that, and he actually seems like I've, he seemed like a real gamer, right? And then Jim Ryan came, and he was just like he just gave off this like very strict and businessman feel, and that's really how I like I would describe his entire time as a CEO, like this uh, four-year tenure at PlayStation as their CEO, right? It, like, it was very cl- uh, clear from the beginning that he doesn't really play, and that's, according to the article, that that's resulted in some very uh, interesting um, comments from Mr. Jim Ryan himself. So, for instance, like, there was, like, an interview in 2017 where he uh, said that he, he didn't really understand why people wanted to play PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 games and this was like around the time I guess where back backwards compatibility was a hot thing and yeah so he's been saying a lot of uh, weird things and I also remember I think I mentioned this in last episode as well that when crossplay was still kind of a new thing Jim Ryan he wasn't the CEO at that time but he was really a big um, opponent of the new future right he, he didn't really want PlayStation games gamers to play with other console gamers but that thankfully changed after and now we have crossplay functionality on many big titles which is just very nice and yeah and also like um, the, just the way that like PlayStation don't have these E3 press conference anymore but also just like the communication with fans right they, like they they increase their PlayStation Plus subscription prices but they just argue that it's to be able to give us more better quality games and also which I think is a big problem like before Jim Ryan I think 
no matter what we always like we already had like a good uh, as a playstation fan you always had like a good kind of knowledge about which game will be out not just in the current year but also in next or, or two years ahead right but as of now as a playstation fan we know absolutely nothing about the next upcoming uh, first party games besides um, Wolverine from Insomnia Games and I, I think that's just like so weird it's just something that they didn't they haven't been doing before and it also seems like they don't really talk about their games before they're finished which I think is a pretty good thing but it don't but also the marketing for the, for their different games don't like it doesn't seem as as big as just five years ago right with PlayStation like no sorry with uh, the first Marvel Spider-Man I remember like when we, we were kind of approaching the release of the first Marvel Spider-Man game they had like the marketing department at Sony they actually um, just covered uh, I think it was like a, a subway in New York Manhattan just with just with like a Marvel Spider-Man and kind of called it like the hype train like those kind of things we don't see that anymore like they're very low-key marketing their games but their game still sells a lot so i don't think they they need to to make that much of an effort with marketing because it seems to be working i think for me one of the uh, the biggest like confusing decisions that have been made since jim ryan was like the ceo is that in like in the past two years he's been trying to pivot the um the brand playstation brand uh, over in this like live service game direction and i really don't like live service games like i don't i don't hate them but i don't want them to be the norm because i don't like the idea of buying a game for 60 dollars of full price and then playing through let's say a 20 hour story experience and the ending is just that a teaser for the next two years uh, like a roadmap for a roadmap for the next two years of the game if i want to experience experience the entire story i don't really like that and also live service games also like they also these kind of like lifestyle games right like they the games kind of demand that you play them like weekly or preferably like daily to get the most of the games and that just I guess results in a lot of like grinding and I just I don't know why I, I just have so many like problems and questions about the live service as a gaming genre but yeah it's uh, it's kind of the like now with the acquisition of um, Bungie the uh, makers behind Destiny it really seems like PlayStation not doubling down on this live service games and I think they said something about they wanted to release like 10 new live service games in the next one or two years which is still insane I don't think we've seen just one of them yet and and just like the uh, Last of Us uh, multiplayer project which I will talk about just in a moment but that whole like thing right where the prospect of a multiplayer game in the last of universe for current gen generations just sounds amazing but it seems like they have to make it a live series game which i don't think is necessary because well can't can't the game just kind of be 
a multiplayer game like we know it was like a successful thing with the first last of us and we've seen like later games such as ghost of tsushima adding a multiplayer for free component like years later after its initial release and i think that like that that part also i mean that multiplayer game also did pretty well for um, saga punch and they also like added like like raids which i think which i've heard should be pretty pretty awesome actually so that so it's it's that kind of multiplayer i was expecting from my last of us multiplayer game but then again it's naughty dog and naughty dog like it's a bit like are like it's a very ambitious game studio so i would imagine they don't want to just deliver something support it have to be as good as possible which i totally respect Going back to this Jim Ryan thing, it's just that also, according to the Bloomberg article, it seems like a lot of first-party studios are frustrated about this kind of pivoting, right? Because a lot of the studios has been built to be really good at developing cinematic, narrative-driven single-player games. And now, PlayStation apparently want them to make multiplayer live-service games, something that the studios, I guess, are not really built for and it also results in a lot of i guess employees kind of being frustrated about like they don't have like they 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 what is the vision for the company right it seems like uh, a bit all, like all over the place with like the live service focus and the vr headsets which which we really haven't heard a lot about since it was released i don't think it's doing that well and also this upcoming playstation portal handheld device where you can st- placed uh, your game through cloud gaming but that's it and you cannot just use the the device without like a wi-fi connection yeah i think i've said enough about enough about this topic about uh jim ryan retiring from playstation like the honestly for me like the, the the best part is that i'm very excited for the playstation the future of the playstation and who's gonna be the next ceo hopefully one that actually play games but also a very good businessman. We'll have to see. The next news articles has been reported from IGN Nordic, one IGN, and the headline reads that. Uh, so this is from recently uh, Yingpool, but the headline reads that the Naughty Dog's trouble the Last of Us multiplayer spin-off reportedly on ice amid layoffs. So according, so IGN is is quoting like a Kotaku article that states that um Norwalk has will be laying off around 400 no sorry around 25 of their uh, employees i think all of them are actually in the uh, quality insurance department so, so not like main and key staff of Norwalk which is a good thing i guess but it sucks if you're like a quality tester at Norwalk so this is gonna happen, and also it seems like according to the Kotago article, not like uh, kind of they want to to keep these news pretty like on the low. And some other employees also telling that, or uh, have also been saying that the Last of Us multiplayer projects are kind of like in trouble, and it's basically now on ice because a lot of the majority of the developers on that project have now been moved to other of the Naughty Dog projects. So yeah, this is really um, bad news for for a lot of like yeah, Naughty Dog fans, right? Like including myself. 
and some of my good friends because we really have been looking forward to what Naughty Dog would do with, with like a, a next take on a multiplayer part for the Last of Us franchise because the first one, as I've mentioned many times on this podcast, was was a pretty big deal for for PlayStation fans back in that time. And yeah, I don't know. For me, I just I don't I don't. I don't of course, it would be nice to have like a a story driven multiplayer game in the Last of Us universe by Naughty Dog. But I wouldn't mind if we, we if we could just get like the normal multiplayer modes from the first game. Yeah. So, moving on. This is uh this is one of the news articles that I um, that I started adding to the document uh, at the beginning of the week. But this is once again uh, reported from IGN, and the headline reads that. The developer, the boss of Worm, boss of Worms company Team Seventeen, axed amid sweeping layoffs. So, Team Seven, the developers behind the uh, beloved cult classic Worms franchise, will be laying off around sixty, no, sorry, fifty employees, and their CEO Michael Patterson will also be um, be leaving the company and. Uh, IGN reached out to the um, to Team Seventeen, and they also provided an official statement. And in that statement, they definitely co- confirmed that Michael Patterson will be leaving the company as their CEO. So, yeah, I hope all the uh, developers at Team Seventeen will be able to find a new job quickly. All right, and now on to um, this is one of the I think breaking news. So this is from PlayStation official blog and the headline reads that new look for PS5 console this holiday season. So PlayStation have just announced two new slim models for the PS5 and uh, with the new design I think both of them comes with like one terabyte storage. And the interesting part is that the slim version like the, the non like the digital version you can buy that still, but if you at a later point after buying the only digital version decides to that you want to actually be able to read disc, you're now able to buy a kind of an add-on like a disc, uh, Blu-ray. Uh, they call it like an ultra HD Blu-ray disc drive that you can attach to your slim model. And yeah, so the like the design looks very much like the original PlayStation 5, but it's apparently, according to this blog post, it's 30%. The volume is reduced by 30%. It weighs 80% less and 40% less compared to previous models. And I think the interesting part is like, part of the design is that the, the two sides will now be consisting of like two plates. So there's like a kind of a line in the middle of both of the sides, so you now have four plates, which of course sucks for all those PlayStation buyers who've bought the um, different color plates for the original PlayStation 5 and they want to buy the slim model because I don't think that's, um, I don't think you can use that anymore. But according to the blog post, like custom plates for the new slim model will be arriving at the beginning of next year. So I just mentioned at the beginning that you will be able to buy like a, a disk drive 
that you can attach to your to your new PS5 model, and that will be sold separately, and it will cost around 80 US dollars, which is not cheap. But yeah, so the spec in, inside the machine is all the same as the current PS5, and the stand will also not be included in the box. You will have you have to buy it separately. It's like a new uh, stand model, and let's see. Uh, no, no, okay. So apparently, like you actually will like you will of course get um, so. According to the blog post, it says that a horizontal stand will be included with the new PS5 model. Also, a new vertical stand compatible with all PS5 models will be sold separately for 30, uh, 30 US dollars. And is it like compared to the uh, original one? It 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 looks like a big ring, like a silver ring, and then like a platform at the middle where you can put your PS5 on. It looks pretty cool actually, to be honest. But I'm not gonna buy it. I always or, or, I already have like. The original stand so yeah and yeah the, the the new models will be released this year in November is there like an exact date nope I don't think so but sometime so sometime this holiday season in November I think that's what they are going for interesting yeah and yeah just I like the model I like the new uh, design to be honest it uh, I've just seen like some comparison on Reddit between the new model and then the old. The, the new one definitely is smaller, and I, yeah, I, I like the uh, lines f like in, in the middle, like going through the middle of both sides of the console. To be honest, am I gonna buy this one? Definitely not. But for people who haven't bought a PS5 yet, I will definitely wait out for this model it's it's smaller and yeah but it's not gonna be cheaper it seems like it's still the same price all right let's move on to the next news article this is one this is a reporter from IGN the headline reads it's official Microsoft have bought Activision Blizzard for 96 billion dollars this was reported from Reese Ying Pool from IGN so yeah actually around two years ago Microsoft announced that they will be acquiring Activision Blizzard uh, for way too many money. But it took them around two years to get the deal officially through because of a lot of like uh, regulations and I guess law and rules around the world. But after two years, it's, uh, it finally, they finally managed to actually acquire like, uh, Activision Blizzard. And in a post on Xbox Wire, Xbox uh, Phil Spencer said that uh, work has now begun on bringing uh, Activision Blizzard games over to Game Pass. So that's like, um, you know, Diablo, Call of Duty, those kind of franchises. And Phil Spencer also delivered uh, a message to all uh, I guess gamers and I'm just gonna read this from uh, from the IGN article so uh, quote for the millions of fans who love Activision Blizzard and King's games we want you to know that today is a good day you are the heart and soul of these franchises and we are honored to have you as part of, of our community whether you play on Xbox PlayStation Nintendo PC or mobile you are welcome here and will be and will remain welcome even if Xbox isn't where you play your favorite franchise because when everyone everyone plays, we all win. 
We believe our news today will unlock a world of possibilities for more ways to play. Thank you for the ongoing support. We have so much more to come in the months ahead. I'm excited for the future and cannot wait to share it with you. And yeah, they've also announced like a, a quick trailer where they announced that Activation Blizzard King will join Xbox. So yeah, it finally happened, and uh, we'll see if uh, Call of Duty is, uh, will remain on on PlayStation consoles or if it will become like an Xbox exclusive, which I think will be uh, a big hit for for PlayStation. But we'll see. Hopefully, this this uh, this uh, will also kind of um, stop uh, Microsoft from buying everything else. But we'll have to see. Maybe. They are still planning on acquiring other big publishers in the game industry. Hopefully not. And on to the last news articles of this episode of the GameSpeak. This one once again comes from the official PlayStation blog. And the headline reads that the PS5 Cloud Streaming launches this month for PlayStation Plus Premium members. So this is a new feature, upcoming feature that's only available for the year most expensive tier of the PlayStation Plus subscription. Not even like the mid-tier. But it's... Like overall, it's just that um, players will now be able to stream some of, like uh, I guess, a lot of PlayStation 5 titles. And it also means like uh, games that you can play, like you can play a trial for, and you can also, I guess, by yeah, game trials, um, and you will be able to stream your like stream your games in, in different options, right? So the highest quality is like 4K, and then you have 40, 40, 40, 1440p, and then 8, 1080p, and then you have 70, 720p with 60fps and SDR and HDR output and of course all the audio abil- abilities and um, the DualSense functionality as well I don't know how big big of a news this uh, this really is I think it's like a, a preparation for the upcoming PlayStation portable device does this news kind of tickle my balls? not really to be honest so according to the article uh, I live in Europe it will be uh, out in Europe around October uh, 2023 20, so just like a couple of days after the Marvel Spider-Man 2 release yeah I, I don't know what to say about the, um, this announcement it's um, yeah they also released a trailer with the tagline PlayStation Plus Premium stream the power of PS5 sure I'll just stick to uh, not streaming as of now maybe in a couple of years I just I've, I've dabbled with streaming, uh, streaming technology, with the PlayStation Now thing, and um, yeah, I've been streaming like PS5 titles on my PS5 as well, and I think it's it actually, honestly, last time I, I streamed Infamous 2, it, it it actually worked pretty good, but a couple of years ago when I did it for my PS4, like you should never stream like first person games ever. Um, I tried with Bungie, uh, with Destiny for some reason. Uh, it didn't really work that well. But I've also been streaming some other, I think, PS3 games, and it worked. But there were like every now and then, I would experience like 
seconds of like uh, freeze frame freeze or something and I just didn't like that experience at all alright so that was all the news for this episode of the game speed as always I really hope that you've enjoyed what you've been listening to if you have consider subscribing to the show if you haven't already and of course leave a nice review on Apple podcast or Spotify it really helps the show out a lot and as always, if you have any questions or feedback for the show, leave them on my castle page, The King Speak. And as always, stay safe out there, play a lot of video games. I'm very excited for the next episode where I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going to give you all my first impressions of Marvel Spider-Man 2. So very exciting stuff ahead. And I also have like some guest appearance, uh, appearances uh, planned for upcoming episodes of the game speak so please look forward to that as well but yeah take care stay safe and i'll see you in the next episode of the game speak bye